Today's reading comes from Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through 16 and verse 27. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord, and they were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats, so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the town of Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Well, good morning. My name is Mark. I'm one of the pastors on the team. It is so good to be together this morning as we are concluding this series, We Serve. And um, I have two promises for you today as we go into uh, this last week in, in the series. One, uh, we want to make this opportunity to serve really accessible. So I promise to you today that the, the things will be really accessible. Um, and the second is, is this, that the ways in which we think about serving will be transformational. That these clear, accessible steps will be things that we're joining God in to continue the work that God calls us to both collectively as a church and individuals in our communities. And so as we approach this text this morning, would you join me in prayer? God, thank you for this morning, for this season that we are in as a church. God, the work that you're doing, the ways that you're stirring us in creativity, and the ways that you're stirring us in identity to be grounded in you, and the ways that you are stirring us in mission to serve. God, may it be deeply embedded in our DNA as a church that we would be a church who serves. Lord, set our minds and our hearts on you this morning. And Lord, may you receive the glory now. Yes, these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'll have a confession for you today um, that it's something that I discovered about nine months ago, and maybe you can relate. Um, I found myself in conversations oftentimes, and whether it be walking my dog Goose or uh, just seeing somebody in the grocery store or even here at church, we'd get into this conversation. Hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, how's life? It's been really good, but really busy been so busy. And, and I find myself, found myself consistently saying that phrase over and over again until someone called me out on it once. And, and until then, I hadn't even realized that I was kind of perpetuating this narrative in my life that I felt like I had to almost wear this badge of honor to say the only reason or the only way that you are productive or even worth something is if you're busy. Can anybody else relate? Have you, have you caught yourself saying that? Maybe, of course not you, but maybe you, someone that you know says that often, that uh, you uh, begin to realize that, especially in, in our context, that it's, it is almost this badge of courage that we wear, that busyness equals success, or busyness ultimately produces our identity and purpose. And, and yet, there's this reality that we, as followers of Jesus, live into a different narrative. Now, I recognize that there is this also the spectrum of busyness. When I was in uh, at a previous church serving in Southern California, I um, had two interactions with uh, one same family, and it went like this: the mom um, was a single mom, had two kids, had to go to parent-teacher conferences, dinner, and plan a five-year-old birthday party all before. 12 o'clock that day. It was in this conversation, right? And that is a busy life, no question, right? Had the same conversation with her kid. Yeah, he was saying, oh, I'm super busy. Like, I can't even uh, begin to, to express how busy I am. 
And then he goes on to tell me how he just racked up 4,000 hours on his Minecraft server. So um, there's different spectrums of busyness that I think we can all relate to. And so this series has done hopefully a few things for us as a church. It's cultivated a posture, a sense for you to say, yes, Lord, send me. Where do you want me to serve? How can I jump in? I'm ready. And then and maybe it also has simultaneously cultivated something in you where you says, yeah, that, that's nice. I want to be about serving, but how will I in this season of life? And then, of course, this is not a guilt trip. I think it's just naming reality for, for all of us, that we come up with reasons why this isn't a good time to serve. Maybe reasons like, well, I'll be able to serve when work is, isn't so demanding, or I'll be able to serve when the kids are older, or have a little bit more time, or I can actually make a difference, or when I'm done playing Minecraft, whatever it is. So how, as a community, are we finding ways, or maybe even excuses, to not to respond to the ways in which God is inviting us to be part of the work that God is doing now. I think for, off, uh, for many of us in our lives, it, it can um, be summed up in, in this jar. Like picture if, if this was your life, this, this big mason jar, and all the things that you have to do are just, are just poured into this, and you get, begin to see how it starts to fill up and fill up and fill up. And, and oftentimes, myself included, I am so guilty of saying, at the end of the day, where did I actually see God in there? Or where, where is God actually calling me to serve? And so I somehow try to fit God into this jar when it's already so full of the other things that good and maybe not so good I'm committed to doing in my life. Can anybody else relate to, to this? In the ways that we find ourselves so busy and so full of things in our lives and yet considering how God might be calling us to rework our lives, to reconsider the ways in which we pattern our lives after him. And so we've been in a a unique place during this series where we've been looking at how um, serving ultimately begins and ends in Jesus. We look at this model of who Christ is and came down and put on flesh to be this model and this sacrifice of humility that is both our picture of what serving is and also is our vision of how we continue to carry that out. Last week, Pastor Sharon gave us an opportunity to consider the ways in which each of us in this room and online have given, have been given specific gifts by God to carry out mission in a way that we individually carry that out in our giftedness and collectively be the body of Christ. And so today is really simple. We're serving to proclaim the kingdom of God as we gather and as we go. Looking at this passage from Acts, this small snapshot of a circumstance in Acts that gives us this reason to proclaim the kingdom of God, we serve as we gather and as we go. And so maybe you've read the book of Acts before, but I I was reading something this week, and uh, the the question was, how different would not only our Bible be, but our understanding of following Jesus, how different would it be if we didn't have the book of Acts? Think about that. We go from the four Gospels where we get this really incredible picture of who Jesus was, 
And then Acts is the story of how the church went from Jesus into becoming the church that we know as it today. But if we didn't have this, this story of how the church continued to unfold, to press into how the Holy Spirit was at work, it would just jump right into the book of Romans, and they're off in Rome, and we went from Jerusalem to Rome, and we wouldn't really know how that happened. The book of Acts is such an important snapshot, narrative story for us to consider, even 2,000 years later, of who we are as a church. And, and so I really want to look at this passage through two different locations. And the first um, is Solomon's Colonnade. And so it was, uh, it was actually mentioned in our passage this morning. This was, if you see uh, the, the graphic of the temple, you see all the different pillars. You see those, it's kind of on the top of, of the temple here in this photo. Um, that was where Solomon's Colonnade was. It was this gathering spot where rabbis or religious teachers would go um, even before the time of Jesus, and, and they would simply just teach. And, and so all of a sudden, when the followers of Jesus began to, to grow, they too would gather in that, split, that space. An intentional place, a location to gather and to edify and to encourage one another. Truly like what we do here in this place. An intentional gathering of believers to proclaim the kingdom of God amongst one another. And so we see that in Solomon's colonnade, but we also see another picture, another location in this passage. Um, You see it in verse 15. It says, Very quickly people began to realize that God was at work through the disciples, so much so that they they would bring anyone sick into the streets to have them healed, simply by having Peter walk by and brush up against them. The streets were also this just as important, if not more important place where the believers were gathering. Gathering in this specific location, but also gathering in the streets. This is really just a passage about spiritual gifts on display. The book of Acts is really just this narrative of how the Holy Spirit calls and gifts each person individually to carry out the gifts that God has given us into our different homes, in our neighborhoods, in our lives, in our workplaces, in our schools. And so um, you see that these two locations provide a roadmap for the church, our church, on how we are able to serve, both in this place, in our Solomon's Colonnade, and also in the streets, or going out and serving into our world. So we have this really simple yet profound framework that the book of Acts lays for us. That as Christians, we serve when we gather, and as Christians, we serve as we go. And so, um, just as the early church gathered in Solomon's Colonnade in the temple, and later in homes to uh, to share tables, to share meals around tables, we too, 2,000 years later, gather together for worship. And so really this, this coming season, we've made it really accessible for us as a community to consider ways in which we will serve when we gather. And there's, there's really three things that we've come up with as, as a team that we believe God has called us to, to really be intentional at during this season of life. And, and the first is this, that we want to be a community that serves through worship. And, and this means just having an excellent, uh, an excellent encounter in worship. Uh, a lot of this, I think, pertains to our tech team and the ways that uh, we serve during, during worship, but it also uh, incorporates the ways in which we serve in music and worship um, and really the whole experience of what this hour together 
is all about. And yet we also have this encounter um, where we serve in our Kairos Kids ministry. I think that as a church, we are really uh, aware of the fact that um, we have a whole crew of families that have maybe grown up and have sent off their kids, and, and yet we've intentionally cultivated to make space for new families to come in and to be, to call this place home and to be present here. And so we want to be intentional about the ways in which we're creating space for our Kairos kids, serving in those capacities to not only say this is the future generation, but to say this is our multi-generational expression of the worship of, uh, of worshiping God in the ways that we have designated spots for our Kairos kids. We serve together as we gather for worship. In these three different ways, uh, just a, a couple different photos of that, um, our tech team serving and in the ways that uh, they've been so diligent in really having so many shifts that we've had to experience this last year to serve. I think about the ways in which we have served so intentionally throughout the year with our Kairos kids, but one week during sports camp, and the ways in which we cultivate this space for our community to come and to enjoy time together and ultimately to encounter the presence of God for many for the very first time. Prioritizing the opportunity for us to be a community that prioritizes growth in our Kairos kids. And ultimately, hospitality. And now, we used to have uh, this coffee cart that would be available for all of us after service, and we're continuing to, to rethink ways in which we can engage hospitality in a way that serves one another as a welcoming and engaging presence for us as a community. And so as a church, we gather for worship, and that is something that I think often we just think that that is what church is, right? We come at the 10 o'clock hour for an hour and sit and listen to someone talk, and then we go about our week, the rest of, uh, of our week, until next Sunday, and we come back. And yet as a church, we also gather around mission, Here's a, a graphic of all the different partnerships that we, as a church right now, have. Um, you look at this on, uh, on the screen, and a small church like Pine Lake Covenant Church has an incredible impact through all these different partnerships that we have, both globally and locally, and what we call glocally as a, as a combination of the ways in which God is calling us to not only partner financially, but partner with our resources, our time, and our talent in the ways in which we're seeing the kingdom of God expand in all of these different settings. And yet, there's really some, some themes that as a church— we really want to be about to press into in this next season of our lives. And so a few weeks ago, our missions team gathered together to set a vision for our church to discern how we believe God is calling us this school year to be about four different priorities as we serve together. And so these are four different missional priorities that we know as a church we can't be about everything, and yet we want to be about these four things specifically. We want to be about uh, refugee and homelessness relief, about combating hunger, about empowering those with disabilities in our communities, and we want to be about providing clean water. So much of what we do, this is really just a framework of uh, the ways in which we as a church will intentionally gather around 
mission. And, and really, a lot of this is already built in and ingrained in our DNA as a church. So think about uh, these four pictures come from different things that we've done in the last two years um, where we have lived these things out. The top left is, is a photo where um, some of our students have been working actually in a number of different events to provide care kits for um, homelessness and refugees. And that, a couple of those happened this spring and also this summer. The top right photo uh, is, uh, is an event called um, Capernaum's Got Talent. It's actually hosted right here in our gym where um, students with disabilities are invited uh, to this one-night talent show. And it's this beautiful picture of, I believe, the kingdom of God at work. Where we come to celebrate all these gifts of, of people in our community with disabilities and the ways that they're able to share talents with us. And that is, uh, again, something that we do right here in our community that has a huge impact for these students and for these families. The bottom left photo is uh, just one of many photos that we have from our community meal packaging event that uh, took place this last year um, in partnership with Children of the Nations as we provide clean, uh, excuse me, meals for uh, families in Sierra Leone. And finally, the bottom right photo uh, is from one of our Global 6K events where we're running specifically to provide clean water for families and children in the DR Congo. And so we see this as a really great opportunity, and I promise today it would be accessible. So check this out. We even have like a little timeline of how we as a church are going to commit to gathering around mission together in this coming year. And so on October 30th, it's going to be in conjunction with our uh, Fall Fest. We're going to be specifically um, doing something that will be in uh, relief for refugees and homelessness. And then later on in December, we'll have our community meal packaging event. Uh, in April, we'll have Capernaum's Got Talent. And then again in May, we'll have our Global 6K. Really aligning who we are as a church around these four different missional priorities of the way that we believe God has specifically called Pine Lake Covenant Church to gather around mission together. I want you to, to see uh, two different quotes that have come Really from observation as we've been going through uh, this series together. The first actually came um, from a parent. It says, as a kid I remember hearing a lot about giving at church. But I really never, I never really remember hearing much about serving. Truly, a couple weeks later I heard this quote from, from a student. It says, I connect most in my relationship with God when I'm serving. Do you see a potential problem here? Or maybe optimistically, do you see a really cool opportunity for us as a church? How important is it for us as a church to be a church who serves together? It's not just something that we do in order to feel good, or, but it has deep implications for the ways in which we encounter God and see God at work through our multi-generational community. We serve as we gather and as we go. But here's the real key. And if you don't hear anything else from this today, please hear this. As a church, I think we can run into a problem when we think that serving is something that we only do during Sunday worship or even as a collective mission. 
in the ways that we're going to align ourselves around these four priorities this year. I think there's a danger in thinking that that's the only way in which we serve. Again, we all have these busy lives, and rightfully so. Uh, maybe you're taking four AP classes and playing two sports, staying up till midnight every night because God has called you to be a doctor at a young age, and you're taking this call very seriously. Maybe you're living with overwhelming depression, and just getting out of bed in the morning takes everything that you have. Maybe you're trying to balance raising kids while working from home, while meal prepping, while running to practice, while keeping up with your mom's ailing health, while keeping uh, kids in the classroom, while being there for your best friend who's going through a divorce, and still finding time to ride that Peloton at 5 a.m. in the morning. There's no question that, that we each have these busy lives that, that God has called us to invest in these things, and, and most of them are good things. Here's a passage that uh, I've really heard for most of my, my life, and, and maybe you have too, that uh, quite honestly has always felt a little overwhelming to me. We've called it the Great Commission, or uh, however you want it to, to name these last words that Jesus gives us. He says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I often ask this question, how, God, how can I do this, go and make disciples, when I'm responsible for so much else going on in my life? I want to remind you this morning that the series was never intended by any means to uh, to invoke guilt or to be coercive at all as a church. Uh, actually, quite the opposite. Did you, did you know that we, we serve a God who truly doesn't need any of us to be involved in the kingdom work? And yet, he invites us, he calls us, he is absolutely thrilled for us to step into this work, this good work that he is already doing. This word, go, therefore go, it demands action, it's movement. It gives vision and commissions us to do big things. So I'm going to get nerdy for like 20 seconds, going to go really deep, and then we're going to gather around the communion table, and then we'll go from this place. But um, this, uh, this word, go, in, in the Greek, if you look at a, a, maybe even a better translation— it wouldn't just stand alone with the word go. It would be better phrased as, as you go. Therefore, as you go about your day, about your classwork, about your job responsibilities, about your chores, make disciples. It's not about doing things to serve once in a while and, and maybe taking that jersey off and hanging it up and then coming back a little bit later and putting it on and, and serving a little bit more and then and taking that jersey off again. It's about wearing that jersey to bed and while you eat and while you take a shower. This is really weird. But, uh, but really embracing that call in every capacity of our lives. Therefore, as you go, Make disciples. It's simply about serving 
actively serving as a lifestyle, cultivating generosity, humility, and a willingness to see where God is at work right in the midst of our lives now. Another way of simply saying this is these words that Jesus gives us, to love your neighbor. This fall, we're doing something really cool, um, not because it has a cool graphic and Scott Jones is awesome when he designs these, but, uh, but because we feel like it's such an important thing for us to be about being good neighbors. Even beyond worship, even beyond gathering around collective mission, what the church exists to do is to equip those with their gifts to be good neighbors. And so this six for six is, is really just short-term groups of at least six people that will gather for six weeks to talk about how to be good neighbors. And now, for, for you, maybe you're like cringing at that opportunity because uh, one, just being in another group seems really overwhelming. And two, even thinking about engaging your neighbors, it feels so overwhelming. I, uh, I am there with you sometimes because the last thing, last thing sometimes I want to do is be a good neighbor. And, and maybe you are in a spot where you're like, I have been waiting for this my whole life. I want uh, to have the tools to be a good neighbor, to engage my neighbor. Being a good neighbor is such a tangible way that we together can serve in a way that Jesus calls us to serve. This last summer in August, uh, a group of students and a few leaders went to Campbell Farm. It's this working farm on the Yakima Nation um, where we were able to just spend a few days together in a a lot slower pace, um, but to serve. And and this is one of the quotes that came from uh, one of our encounters there. Uh, It's actually from a, a Pine Lake youth leader. It says, I used to think that my neighbor was simply the person that lived right next door. Now I realize that my neighbor also includes people of the Yakima Nation and beyond. When Jesus uses that language of of loving your neighbor, yes, it means to love the person to the right and to the left of you where you live. But your neighbor is something that Jesus completely removes all boundaries of and says your neighbor is anyone in which you cross paths with, but anyone in need. And for us as a church, this series of serving has been one that has really called into question who we are at our core identity. Are we people who just come to consume or are we people who desire to pour out life just as Jesus has modeled for that, for us? When I think about the opportunity to serve and think about this this jar that I think so many of our lives we feel like are almost filled up to the top without even considering how serving could be a part of it. I think the invitation truly in this series is to take an inventory of what is in your jar that you're responsible for and and maybe lay all those things out on the table and say, God, I want to be about what you want me to be about. And and maybe it'll just take a a big step of courage to say, I want to put that into my jar very first. I want to be about being a good neighbor, to intentionally set aside time in my life, to be available, to just say hi, or to be present when someone needs a shoulder or simply just a conversation. 
And, and once we put that in first, we begin to fill our jar back up with the things that we have to do and our responsibilities. And, and yet when we get to the top, our serving is already built into this because we're serving in every different capacity of our lives. The beautiful thing about this serving is that it does indeed begin and end in Jesus. And so as we approach the table this morning to receive communion, I, I want to invite us uh, to, to have just a simple time of reflection. And so uh, whatever is, is comfortable for you to, to reflect, whether it's closing your eyes or just putting your head down or um, putting yourself in a situation where you can just reflect, I invite you to, to find that posture now because, because I want us to reflect. Reflect on the ways in which God has called each of us to follow him. Maybe this series has been one that has intrigued or reignited a desire for you to follow Jesus. Maybe even for the very first time. Maybe this series has been one that has been reminding you time and time again that God has given you gifts, but because of some insecurities or because of some fears that you have not been willing to step into that. And maybe simply this, this series has been one that has given you this brand new picture of what the kingdom of God is and can be and how God is calling you to be part of that. Our serving begins and ends with Jesus. And so Lord, would you search our hearts today, search our hearts this morning We want to be a church that is about serving and gathering around mission to serve one another and to serve our world. And Lord, what are those things that that you have pressed on to each one of our hearts that you want us to be about in this coming year? Lord, reveal that to each of us now. The ways that we can serve together or be neighbors or even invite our neighbors into these four different priorities that we have as a church throughout this year. Lord, search our hearts. Remind us that it is in you and through you that we find identity and purpose to serve. We offer these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, we are going to be approaching the table. and Again, this table is a place where we begin and end our lives in the presence of God. In the ways that, that Jesus has called each one of us to serve, we can't do that without this framework and this identity that comes from the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And so uh, what we'll do is um, we'll have two different stations up front, and you'll be able to, to come forward and to receive the elements and Kids, we also have a gift for you as well. And so come and receive those things and hold on to your elements. You can return back to your your seat and then we'll uh, receive all the elements together. If you're joining us online, um, again, take a moment to gather the elements that you'll need and then we'll again partake in these elements all together when we've been uh, served. So hear these words of Jesus that give us reason and purpose to be people who serve. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he was with his disciples. And he took the bread, and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, 
which is broken for you. Take, eat in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after dinner, Jesus took the cup and he poured it out and he said, this is my blood which is being poured out for you. Take, drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, hear this, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This table is one that we remember our sole purpose of serving is to proclaim the kingdom of God wherever we go. And yet we can't do that unless we first receive. So in just a few moments, uh, Pastor Sharon and I will be up front and the table will be open for you to come and to receive these gifts that come at the table. At Pineland Covenant Church, we believe that anyone is invited to, uh, to this table. And if you have questions about what this table represents or, or just want to know more about why this is such an integral practice to who we are as following Jesus, one of our pastors would love to talk with you. So let me pray and then the table will be open. Lord, we come to you today desperate to receive from you the gift that you give us through life with you. So God, may we cultivate a presence and a posture of receiving today. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The table is open.